Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the tea, y'all. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So welcome to the last Wednesday before the Christmas holiday. We are embarking this season on the healing for the holiday episodes in which we've been talking about a variety of things from depression to guilt to managing trauma um, to dealing with conflict and just all of the things that go along with the holiday season. And so this particular topic is of a very vested interest for me, which is likely why I waited till the ninth hour to be able to present it. Uh, as we talk about how we overextend ourselves and overspend during the holidays as a person constantly in recovery for my shopping addiction. This is something that I find is a challenge, not only for me, but also for a lot of people that I work with in my practice and a lot of people that I know. So let's in get into it and have me stop procrastinating on deck the halls with debt avoiding financial stress during the holidays. I know that you all are asking the same questions that I ask myself, which is why girl, why am I continuing to keep engaging in the same patterns and habits that I know I'm going to have regrets about? How did we get there? Well, I do think it's important for us to understand our relationship with money. Some of you may have grown up in situations where you did not learn a lot about how to manage finances in a reasonable way. You may have seen people utilize a lot of debt in order to get by. It may not just have been shared with you how to balance a checkbook, how to be able to make sure that your expenses don't outweigh your means. And so sometimes we just do not have the knowledge financially to be able to make good decisions. We don't create a budget. And oftentimes we'll start things, but not continue them, continue them. So you know that follow through that we sometimes struggle with. I'll get a good financial plan. I'll figure out the tools and resources I need to get out of debt. But then I stop utilizing that plan. Dave Ramsey has a plan that a lot of people have utilized, um, the snowball method. So I'm focusing on one debt. I pay that off and then I roll that money over to paying on this next debt. And it is a very effective method. So is putting money in an envelope. So I know that I can only have this amount of money to spend. However, we stop utilizing those strategies that we learn. Um, oftentimes we're in situations where we don't adjust. So we know that the cost of everything, unfortunately, is going up. So we have more expenses, we're paying more for things, but we're not necessarily getting more money in terms of our income. So we often don't adjust when we recognize that, hey, I have actually more expenses, but I'm still spending the same amount of money as if that hasn't changed. We may be underemployed or unemployed, and so we don't have that amount of money coming in to even be able to deal with the expenses that we do have. And this is why we end up relying on those credit cards to purchase things. And we do have this mindset that, okay, I'll buy now and I'll pay later, but I really don't actually have a plan for how I'm going to pay later. Because the reality is I won't have any more money after the holidays are over and that bill comes. I'm still going to have the same amount of debt, well, actually more debt that I've racked up and the same amount of income. So is it really feasible for me even to be able to pay later? Pay later may look like years to pay off something 
that only took me a couple of days to be able to rack up. We also may have other people in our household that are contributing to our debt. It may be a spouse, it may be children, you may be caring for another loved one. You may be that type of person that loans money to people. And I do use quotes for loan because we know we often are not going to get that money back. And so we are creating other debt because we're not recognizing that these are expenses that are coming out of our household and that we don't necessarily have a person who or people who are living with us that share our same financial values. And so you may actually be really great at managing your finances, but your partner and your children are not. And so that can cause some problems. This living beyond our means is unfortunately a phenomenon that I think is fueled by social media. So we see people traveling and they have these amazing trees and their um, yards with the lights look great. And um, they're talking about all of these things that they're going to be doing for the holidays. And you see all these presents and then you feel you need to keep up with the appearances of other people. Well, I should be able to do those kind of things when financially I really don't have the resources to do so. And I'm not in competition with these people. So I need to do what works for me. And we do recognize that social media is not a realistic, actually, portrayal of what people are experiencing. You have no idea what kind of debt people have or what they've done financially to be able to have those resources and means that may be in a different place. And that's fine. It's not a comparison game. However, we tend to internalize that as, oh, well, I should be on that level or I want to be on that level, even if I'm not. We do this swipe and go thing where we really do not track our expenses. I have a very bad habit of liking stuff and picking it up and not really looking at the price of it. Then I get up to the register and I'm like, oh goodness, uh, I didn't expect that to be that expensive. And sometimes we end up doing that and then we don't want to be embarrassed and go put things back or say, no, that's a little beyond my price range. So we go ahead and buy it, knowing that it's not in our budget and way more than we wanted to spend, right? And that budget, again, is going to be something that we end up coming back to in this conversation because I have to be able to know what my resources are in order for me to make good decisions about my finances. All right, so what are some of the other things? Fear, obligation, and guilt. Fog, this holiday fog is very, very thick, if you will, uh, because oftentimes we feel like we should be doing things. There's an expectation that I should give people gifts. We've always given gifts in our family. Everybody individually is giving, given a gift. And so I feel like I need to buy gifts for all these people even buy gifts for people that we don't even have close relationships with like oh I feel like I should buy my co-workers presents because somebody got me something and I don't want to be the only person not giving other people things or I don't want to seem like the Scrooge and not be in the holiday spirit so I'm not going to offer alternatives to when people suggest that we create all these different opportunities to spend money that we have a pre-party before the post-party before the actual party in relation to the planned party before we have the unplanned party. So we're just doing way too much in terms of overextending ourselves because we keep accepting offers to go to things. And then again, we feel obligated to be able to provide some type of gift. And we more particularly want to buy gifts that people are going to ooh and ah over. Like we want to create this perfect holiday experience. And we think that that comes through gift giving. So that in some way, if I get this thing that you didn't even really know you wanted, or get you this thing that you already have several of, or get you this thing so you think, wow, you always do so, such a great job at getting gifts, then it allows me to feel like, okay, I dodged the bullet there. We're gonna have a great holiday experience. Everything is gonna be wonderful. I'm creating these memories. People are gonna really care and appreciate what I gave. 
them when they end up regifting it or putting it in their closet somewhere or forgetting that they have it. But in our minds, we think that these things are so very important when we're actually in the process of buying. Sometimes we try to overcompensate too. You may be in a situation where you experience some loss and we know that a lot of people have experienced loss this year. And so because we're missing someone, the absence of someone, it might be a parent, it might be a grandparent, it might be a spouse. We're using gifts to try to make a, a fill a void of that pain and that loss. Well, this person couldn't be here or this person doesn't usually show up and step up for you. So let me go above and beyond and do extra for you. You can't, you cannot compensate for someone not being there. And you definitely cannot compensate for feelings. Gifts do not actually address emotions. So those emotions are going to be there regardless of how big that gift is or how many gifts are under the tree. But oftentimes we feel like this will soften the blow, if you will. And so we end up overextending ourselves in that way. Um, I think a lot of times uh, we get into this pattern, right? So it's what we've always done. We don't question it. We don't challenge it. Um, we don't want anybody to think ill of us or negative of us. It is difficult for us to be the one who says, look, well, why don't we do a little something different this year? We don't have to give all of these gifts to all of these people. We don't want to be the one bringing it up. Uh, we want other people to say it so we don't have to say it to take pressure off of us because we have a hard time setting boundaries. And so because we have that hard time setting boundaries, then we often end up not saying the things that we really need to say to make sure that we have um, the, the means to be able to, to give in a way that we're comfortable giving. Um, I, I think that a lot of times for us too, um, we want to create in other people things that we have no control over. Right. And so uh, you know, for your kids, you may be trying um, to create this environment that you didn't have growing up. A lot of people um, who are in situations, as I talked about earlier, who were impoverished and didn't maybe have Christmases or had uh, people in their lives say Christmas is canceled or you were bad and you're not getting anything. And so I want to compensate <laughs> for that by living through you, by giving you all of these things. And, and often what we place in terms of the material value on things um, is greater uh, in terms of what we think it is than what it actually is. How much of this stuff gets, like I said, broken or discarded, all of those things. But I feel like I'm obligated to do that because I don't want you to have a negative memory or a negative experience or have the experience that I had, right? So again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to have a different experience, um, even though I may be going about it in a way that's not accomplishing what I want to accomplish. Um, we get a rush. I mean, in that, for the reality of us, uh, those of us that have a shopping addiction, uh, you get a rush when you find that good deal, when you get that statement piece. That's my problem. I like I like things that are unique and different and be like, oh, yeah, that's that. Now that right there is, is on point. And so because of that, I often end up buying things that are, you know, have higher price points um, or because I like to shop in the wee hours of the night if I can't sleep or my mind is racing or I'm trying to avoid that uncomfortable emotion. Right. You know, we don't want to re actually really deal with, with the stuff that's going on. Then we get on Amazon uh, and our other favorite websites, DSW, in order to be able to, to purchase things. And so it makes you feel um, temporarily like you are, are in a better space, like, right? So you get that, you get that little rush and you feel better in that moment. It doesn't last, but it feels good in that moment. Then, you know, seeing the packages come up, uh, one of my sorority sisters used to say, if I, don't, if I don't have a package coming at the door, I just feel like something's wrong. Right, so we, we get in the habit of being able to get excited about things like, oh, this purchase. Sometimes you bought stuff, you forgot that you have it and you're going 
uh, to get the wrapping paper and realize you got a whole closet full of stuff that you forgot you got last year uh, when it was half off after the Christmas holidays. And so oftentimes are, are those kind of things that we're not necessarily really dealing with um, one, our patterns of behaviors and actually seeing what I have. That is a, actually a good strategy too. Let me actually see what I have here before I go buy anything new. Um, but because I'm not aware of that, because I'm constantly buying, I'm overbuying, I'm buying the same things. If you all ever bought, uh, came home and realized you had the same thing and you bought it again. Um, and, and, and that is because again, we're, we're just swiping, we're just purchasing. We're not thinking about and being intentional about what we're doing. And it gets to be automatic, if you will, this shopping, this thrill that we get from shopping. And sometimes we do base our worth and value on what we do for other people because we prioritize them. And so we're ending up doing things because it makes us feel like, oh, hey, um, I'm a value now because I have given you this thing. I've made you happy. I've extended myself to you. And so that can be another issue. Uh, you know, I can always bring it back to worth that we may be dealing with that's causing us to engage in this overextending of ourselves. So what can we do different, right? And I know that around this time of year, for the past couple of weeks, on the news, they've been talking to us about different strategies. There's websites. Everybody's like, hey, don't overextend yourself. Don't overspend. Uh, we are still in a period of, of challenge financially. So make sure that you govern yourselves accordingly. But what, we, what can we do? One is always, number one is always going to be, let me evaluate my actual resources. What are my expenses? What is my income? And not this whole like, okay, well, I usually make about $1,000 a month um, and I usually can buy some stuff for about $200. That's not a budget. That's not a plan. And those estimations are often not accurate because you really need to actually track your expenses because sometimes we'll forget about things. You may forget you have a payment due. Something might be a new payment and you forgot like, oh shoot, I forgot that was going to start this month. And so you need to actually do this months before the holidays start. So this isn't something you want to just wait uh, here in this ninth hour to do. You need to have an ongoing working budget before you really try to spend any money anyway, before you really commit to uh, any kind of financial plan. You need to have a good sense of what your expenses are and what your income is. And that usually takes a couple of months, right? Look at my 90 day window because something might've been quarterly. Sometimes we have quarterly expenses, 90 to um, actually 120 days, maybe better. Um, we have quarterly expenses. You may pay your insurance uh, quarterly, property taxes. You, there are just certain things that come up, not as frequent, but I still need to budget for them. So being able to look at your expenses over time, being able to look at your income over time, because sometimes it can fluctuate too. And if you are paid a couple of times a month, you know that certain things come out in certain paychecks. Medical uh, insurance comes out this paycheck, retirement may be coming out in this paycheck, those kind of things. So it's important for you to know that way you can determine how much you can spend. And I do like that approach uh, Dave Ramsey highlights of using an envelope because one of the things that I realize about myself is I'll say I'm only going to spend this amount, but the swiping and the conversation don't always line up. However, if I have cash in an envelope, once that cash is gone, it is gone and I can see it. I can visualize it. Sometimes it's important for us to be able to see things um, so that you don't end up when you do go and balance that checkbook and like, ooh, forgot about that, right? So if I see how much money is there and more importantly, I write on that envelope, inside that envelope or, or however you want to do it, what I am spending on who, 
then it allows me to be able to stick to that list. And lists are very important when you're trying to get that financial, um, those financial habits in order. Because what ends up happening is I'm going off script. I'm going off uh, and buying things that were doorbuster that I didn't plan on spending money on. Or like, oh, that's a really good gift for, I forgot about this person, right? And so I'm spending this extra money that I didn't budget for, that I didn't plan for. Because one of the things that we have to realize is if I take extra money, it comes from something. It leaves something with a deficit. And so I have to be very mindful of that. Having money in the envelope makes me make a decision that's wiser about that. Because what I may realize is I did forget someone. So I may need to um, take $5 from each of the other people I was going to give gifts to and add that up to give this person a gift, right? So I'm taking from what already was allocated in this envelope and not pulling from somewhere that I didn't plan to pull from. Seeing what you already have. The reality is most of us get things all the time that we're never going to use. You all have stuff that still got tags on it in your closets, in your garages, under your beds, uh, in the attic, in the basement. Take those things first. Things that may be very nice, unused, um, that could be a gift for someone else and that takes away from money that you have to allocate, right? And I know you're like, oh, that's awful, regifting. Actually, it's resourceful. Because what I'm doing is, one, I'm decluttering. <laughs> so I'm taking things out of the house that I'm not using. Two, I'm actually allocating all my available resources to be able to use for the things that I need, right? So whatever my needs may be, then now this is going to satisfy that need, right? So that puts money back into the household. That allows me to stay on track with my financial goals. Um, and also, it, it um, decreases the likelihood that you'll buy things more than one time. Uh, and then a lot of us are terrible about uh, taking things back. And so now I've, the, the time, the window of time to return something has expired. And so now I'm stuck with something that I'm not going to use. That eliminates this opportunity as well because I'm making sure that I'm tracking everything. And some people get really good and they write things down. They keep a log, a track of things so that as the year um, approaches and they get closer to the Christmas season, they have that inventory of things already and can start allocating. So for those of you who like to buy throughout the year smaller things, then that allows you not to be able to overspend at Christmas time. And some people do a Christmas shopping fund. So they'll put X amount of dollars away monthly, and that'll be the amount of money that they use for Christmas. That's also a great strategy for vacations. So I'm using that as a part of my budget. I'm allocating $25 a month, $50 a month, whatever. Some of you may have more money to be able to allocate. And then I don't have to worry when Christmas rolls around because I have this one account and I'm only going to use this account to purchase the gifts that I've already saved up this money for. Another thing is freezing those cards. <laughs> freezing those cards, cutting those cards up. And I know that you all know you can go into a store when you cut it up and, and give them a birth date and a social security number and they'll pull it right up and let you use it, which is why sometimes freezing is a better option. Um, because I know that sometimes when we close them, it affects our credit scores. But if you freeze that account, it can't be used. And this can be really helpful if you have other people that have access to credit cards in your home and they're not as good with having those financial boundaries. And so you end up realizing that they've run up a bill in your household that you were unaware of, right? And, and holding accountability for where those cards are, who has them is another thing that can be very, very important in recognizing that. And sometimes people just have to separate out accounts um, so that you don't end up getting penalized for someone else's habits. Learning to say no. And I know that this is really difficult because we do have that guilt 
and that sense of obligation, fear of being rejected, and that people will see us in a negative way. And so it's hard for us to say no, but I encourage you to practice strategies ahead of time so that you don't end up being in a situation where you are uncomfortable. First of all, let me just be very clear with you. You don't have to go into any great level of detail to anyone about your financial situation or your means, right? So let me be very clear about that. And as people ask you questions, you can simply say that's not information that you feel comfortable sharing. Um, that information is very personal and you'd rather not comment on that and you keep it moving, right? But some of the things that you can say um, is that I have some financial goals that I'm trying to meet. And as a part of that, I'm going to be doing things different this year for Christmas, right? So you can already set up this expectation. And I encourage you to do that months before Christmas so that people already are in the spirit of thinking about, okay, well, I don't have to necessarily give this person a gift, which you also can tell people, please don't give me a gift this year. I'm not going to be giving gifts this year. I'm going to do things a little different this year. And then that way people don't feel obligated to give you stuff. And then you don't feel bad when people give you things and you don't give them anything. Um, respond promptly. When people ask you for money or, or extend opportunities for you to spend money, you want to promptly respond to those things because often what we'll do is we'll sit on things and we'll think about it and we'll talk ourselves into stuff that we really aren't able to do. So you want to be able to promptly say no so you don't end up getting in a position where you're overextending yourself. Um, you're simply just unable to do that at this time. They can check in with you next year and see where you are, but this year you won't be doing that family trip. Um, be clear about overextending yourself and how that does take away from your finances because that actually helps with guilt. I am hurting myself. If you consider it to be self-harm behavior, I'm hurting myself and my family when I overextend myself. Um, and there are other ways to support people without me having to give them money or presents, right? So that's the important thing to think about too is because we think about support only in financial means when there are so many different ways that we can offer assistance to people, we'll talk about those here in a second, without you having to give any money. And make people responsible for their own behaviors because people are gonna come to you and they're gonna want you to help them during the holiday season, buy gifts for people because of some choices that they're made, they've made a situation that they're in. And I think it's very important for you to give people responsibility for their own choices, behaviors, and consequences. You do not have to absorb that responsibility. So now you're paying for someone else's Christmas because this person has come to you feeling bad about not being able to provide. And again, that may, you know, be a situation that varies in terms of children and like, hey, children need coats or some basic things. You may decide to step up in some ways. They don't have to be financial. You may decide to step up in some ways for the kids, but that doesn't necessarily obligate you to take care of any adults. Please don't discuss your financial resources with people. This is an invitation for people that you have money to give. When you start talking about how well you're doing and people see all these pictures of, that gives them the opportunity to think, oh, let me hit this person up because they're not gonna feel it. So just be very, very careful about how much you share. If somebody um, that you lost left you an inheritance policy or you just got a big bonus for, please don't be sharing that information, especially with all of these um, activities that happen during the holidays with theft, um, stealing of uh, uh, identification identities, all of those things. Just be very mindful about putting your financial business out for all the world to see. Um, and then also evaluate the type of relationships you have with people. Like, why am I feeling obligated to give this person a gift? My second removed twice cousin on my friend's neighbor's um, church member side, right? So we need to be thoughtful about 
Why am I thinking that it would be important for me to give you something? We don't even have that type of relationship. Um, and is this one of these guilt obligation things I'm putting on myself? Uh, what are some of the things that you can do not to be impulsive in your shopping? Talking to myself. That making a list, not buying anything on the list is really, really important. But also talking to a friend, replacement behaviors, right? Talking to a friend. I can journal instead. Um, I can be seeing my mental health counselor. You know I was going to find a plug for, for therapy in here. I can have an accountability partner. That's one of the things that I really like to take advantage of. And I'll just simply text mine and just say, oh, I want this. And they'll be like, no, ma'am. And I love them because they'll say stuff like that ain't even cute. And just, you know, because they know how I like a rock something fabulous. And they'll be like, that ain't even cute. And I'll be like, oh, my little feelings be hurting. And I laugh, though. Um, because I realized like, yeah, I don't need that, right? So essentially they just find ways to tell me you don't need that. You already got something in your closet that you can wear or you've already bought enough for this person because I am the type of person that will uh, overbuy, especially for my kiddo. Um, like, oh, you need this and this too. Oh, this is really cute. You don't need all that stuff uh, because I need to have a limit and a budget for what I'm buying, right? So accountability partners can be very helpful. Um, I was talking to you all about the non-monetary gifts because we want to create wonderful memories. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Pajama parties. I love to see people dressed up in their little Christmas pajamas and they're playing games and they're doing talent shows. They're baking cookies. Um, they're cooking together in the kitchen, teaching the young ones how to make one of those passed down uh, family recipes. Those are memories that last forever. Those are the things that um, exist throughout time. They don't break. <laughs> Um, they don't tarnish, uh, they don't get misplaced, they will be there. So I encourage you all to focus on non-monetary memories, that time with your friends, going out together, um, getting dressed up and, and uh, having a karaoke party, um, being able to, to go to church together. Those kind of things that you can do and they require little financial resources to be able to have playing games, creating a, a slideshow presentation with pictures of different memories that everyone can have, sending video messages to people, things that they'll be able to look back at even after Christmas. Impersonations, we love when people impersonate us, especially when they're spot on and accurate. You all know I'm very animated, so I love to see people um, doing what, what they, they uh, perceive me to be doing. Um, and showing people that you're paying off debt that you're putting money away for a scholarship for a family member, that you're putting money into a retirement plan, that you're putting money into purchasing a house, that you're putting money into college savings. That can be your gift to people because they want you to be able to be financially in a healthy, good place, right? These are people that love you. And so that can be the best gift to people. Like, yeah, by this time next year, I'll be able to have this thing or I'll have this debt paid off or I'll be from under um, all of this financial stress. My credit score will be going up. Those are gifts you can give as well. So you all, we can have a great holiday with all, uh, just all these amazing memories and experiences without it putting us into any kind of financial debt, okay? So be wise and most importantly, be well.